This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 193, episode 193 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like No Limits with Kevin Cooney, The Wicked Fast Podcast, Be Fit, Music You're Missing, Drinks After Work, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Eat the Damn Cake, 30 Flirty and Surviving and so many other great podcasts. If you're into sports cards, you can always check out Card Vault Breaks on Facebook, whatnot, YouTube, Instagram, basically 24 hours a day. You can also check out the Card Vault down at Patriot Place if you want to go in person and down at Foxwoods Resort Casino as well. You can always follow Big Night Media on Instagram at Big Night Media. Check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every single Tuesday, giving away free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. And you can always support the podcast minus subscribing and leaving ratings. You can go to bignightshop.com click the big night media tab click the banner banter tab and buy yourself some banner banter podcast merchandise for the holidays okay great that's over and done with so we're here episode 193 of the banner banter podcast thanks so much for listening as always hope everyone's doing great uh what do you know this the boston celtics 10 and 3 second best record in the eastern conference second best record overall in the nba they've won six games in a row Last week, they went to Memphis, beat the Memphis Grizzlies, 109 to 106. Then they came home, beat the Pistons, beat the Nuggets, then went back out to Detroit on the second night of a back-to-back without Al Horford, without Rob Williams, without Malcolm Brogdon, without Jalen Brown, and beat the Pistons 117 to 108. Now, the J- <clears throat> excuse me, got a little uh, got a little itch in my throat. Sorry about that. Uh, Jalen Brown took the night off due to a knee contusion. Nothing serious. Al took another night off. Uh, which is going to be a trend going forward. Second night of a back-to-back, Al's just not going to play. Blake Griffin started for him just like he did last time when he was uh, out against the Knicks. And, you know, what's going to be interesting over these next few weeks and something I want to keep an eye on is the Celtics don't have another back-to-back for, I believe it's six games, maybe seven games. And that's going to be on November 27th and November 28th when it's back-to-back home games versus traveling. So will Al get another night of rest before those dates will be interesting or is he going to play every single one of those five or six games you know they'll be traveling they're you know they have the thunder then the hawks then the pelicans then the bulls then the mavs and then the kings and three of those are on the road three of those are at home so it's gonna be very interesting to see how al horford and others handle that process um 
Jason, the you know the one thing that's a little worrisome. Jason Tatum admitted that he is dealing with a left wrist injury, different injury than the playoffs. But folks, I mean, Jason Tatum is playing at a like in plain English a fucking ridiculously high level right now. He should be in the MVP conversation. He's taking over games on both ends of the floor. His defense has been great this year. I know everyone cares about him, you know, dropping 40 plus with 10 rebounds, which is like the fourth time in his career that he's done that, even though Larry Bird did it like 27 or 28 times. But he's taking over games. The game's slowing down for him. He's just absolutely incredible right now. And I know know, JT wants an MVP. He probably wants it real bad. And I would love for Jason Tatum to win an MVP. But I fully believe that Jason Tatum and I are on the same page. And we would rather have Banner 18 than an MVP trophy. Because, let's be honest, Jason Tatum is going to be a top three, top five player in this league for a very, very long time. But none of that matters unless you win a championship. And I fully believe Jason Tatum believes in that. I fully believe Joe Missoula. Brad Stevens, Wick Grosbeck, everyone involved in the Celtics organization fully believes that Jason Tatum is a MVP player, but Banner 18 is more important. And then the only other little injury thing that I want to talk about is Malcolm Brogdon, who's dealing with some hamstring tightness. And folks, this was an issue for Malcolm Brogdon, or has been an issue for Malcolm Brogdon throughout his entire career. So it's really not surprising. I obviously think having Derek White and Peyton Pritchard is kind of slowing down the process of him coming back, which is, you know, a gift and a curse, I guess. You know, you obviously want to see one of the better players on the team healthy. Um, I do think he'll be back eventually. Maybe they bring him back for the Hawks game because you may not really need him for the Thunder game tonight if you are listening on Monday. Um, Because, you know, the Thunder are on a great team, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But just um, speaking about Peyton Pritchard real quick, what a game on Friday night versus the Nuggets. This dude had four offensive rebounds, some great high, you know, we stole one right from DeAndre Jordan, laid it in. He actually had a tip in uh, offensive rebound after a Jason Tatum missed fadeaway. It was absolutely fantastic. He came in with a lot of energy, didn't play that great um, against the Pistons, but he the good thing about Peyton Pritchard is he's always ready, which is what you need. Because if Marcus goes down or if Malcolm or Derek, whatever the case may be, if he's ready to go, you kind of have a backup. Now, is he good as those other three? No, but you have a guy who's proven in the league. He's been in the league for a while. I don't I don't want to consider him a veteran, but he's definitely a better or more experienced and newcomer in the league for sure. So got to give a shout out to Peyton Pritchard. He was absolutely fantastic in that Nuggets game. Really good to see him step up when the time's needed. Obviously, his shot may not be there from time to time because he's definitely a guy that needs a lot of shots to get going. You know, unlike Sam Hauser, who will just catch the ball and just fire it. You know, he scored over 20 points for the first time in his NBA career on Wednesday night against Pistons, shooting the lights out, which was great. But the one thing that I want to talk about real quick before we do sudden dud of the week, and then obviously the preview of the three games of the week is turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And folks, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I am all about 25 assists or more for the Boston Celtics, which the Celtics have done nine out of 13 times this year. Think about that. Nine out of 13 times they've already done that. But what I want to talk about is turnovers. Obviously, NBA Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, the playoffs. For a good chunk of last season, we all complained about how much the Celtics turned over the ball. We we wanted the ball movement, but we didn't want stupid passes. We want the right passes. We wanted them to be patient. We wanted the ball to move properly from set to set, whatever the case may be. But turnovers-wise, this year, the Boston Celtics not only... 25 assists in 9 out of the last 13 games. 
But turnovers-wise, they are taking care of the basketball. In two of their first five games, they had 15 turnovers or more. Then since then, all the other games have been 15 turnovers or less, including three single-digit games. Think about that. The Boston Celtics have had single-digit turnovers in three games this year, which is great. And two out of those three have been in their last two games against the Nuggets and the Pistons. Their last two games, they have 57 assists and 14 turnovers. So the best way to kind of compare this year to last year, last year they only had single-digit turnovers in 10 games. They already have three this year. They're a third of the way there. I mean, the last two games, 57 assists, 14 turnovers. Could you even imagine that in the NBA Finals last year or the Eastern Conference Finals last year? That would have been unbelievable. The Celtics have the second least amount of turnovers on average per game in the league. 63, uh, 63% assist percentage, which is also second best in the league. And their assist to turnover ratio is second best in the league as well. Last year, their assist percentage was 14th and assist to turnover ratio was 11th. So they're doing a great job taking care of the basketball, which is why their offensive rating and their offense is scoring so much because now they don't have these stupid turnovers and they're not giving away points off of turnovers and easy layups for the other teams to get going. They are making the right plays, and I think Joe Mazzulla deserves a hell of a lot of credit for it. I really and truly do. But the biggest reason for these low turnover numbers are because of the stud and dud of the week. So you know what we need to do right now? That's right. Hit the music. And now it is time. For the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 193, your stud of the week is Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart in the last four games, so basically the four games last week, had a total of five turnovers. Five. Not five in one game, but five. Five total turnovers and 37 assists. Now his scoring is down a little bit this season. I'm okay with that. It took a while for his jump shot to get going. Jalen didn't play in the Pistons game on Saturday. Marcus stepped up, hit some big shots, dropped 18 points, which was great, and it was needed. But this dude can give us 10, 12 points a night and 12 assists with only two turnovers, this team is going to be very hard to beat. If, like, while the offense is hitting shots the way that it has been, and then Marcus can limit his turnovers, that's a win for everyone. Even the Marcus Smart haters out there can't can't even complain about that. Can you imagine if Marcus Smart took six shots a game, scored 12 points, had 12 assists, two turnovers, three steals, and was a plus 12. Who can be upset about that? Now, it is weird not to talk about Marcus' defense this year, which has gotten better. You know, last week was fine. He got five steals against the Pistons, which was great. Hit a couple, got a couple tough calls in the Nuggets game. He was in foul trouble. I think he had five fouls late in the game. But Marcus Smart, getting older, seeing the floor better, Another year being the main point guard for this team. I know everyone's like, oh, he's been the point guard for a while. No, last year was really like his first year being the true point guard of this basketball team. He did a phenomenal job last week being the floor general for this basketball team. He's a big reason why Jason Tatum is, I have no problem saying this, he's a 
Big reason why Jason Tatum is playing like an MVP. Marcus finds Jason in the right spots. Now, Jason's doing the rest on his own because he can hit off the catch and shoot. He can dribble by you. He can hit a contested shot. He could do it all. But Marcus Smart, five turnovers in four games, something we'd never see. And that has to continue for this basketball team. The dud of the week is Derek White. Now, I'm nitpicking here because (laughs) this team's won six games in a row. They beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Nuggets. They... Beat the Pistons finally, thank God. But, you know, he's still shooting 39% from three, which is still his best shooting percentage from three-pointer of his career, which I predicted would be the the situation. But he got moved to the bench. He looked comfortable to start, but doesn't seem that comfortable coming off the bench. Now, this does take some time getting used to. I think he started, what, uh, the first nine games of the season. And I'm sure he'll get used to it. But a three uh, three for 12 shooting performance against the Pistons when Jalen is out isn't ideal. He rebounded the ball well against the Pistons on Wednesday night, which was needed. But And listen, he still gets to the line very well. But just... Off the eye test, I wasn't too impressed by Derek White last week. I like it's so hard to nitpick. I mean, they're scoring the ball well. You could really blame the entire defense for not playing great. I Derek White has a better defensive rating than Marcus Smart, so you could say that he's playing better defense than Marcus Smart, which, you know, that's where the analytics kind of get a little weird. But, you know, Derek White just didn't have a great week. And that's okay. I I have no issue with it. But end of the day, stud of the Stud of the week is Marcus Smart. Stud of the week is Derek White. I feel like I can't speak English tonight for whatever reason. It's been a long week, but, you know, whatever. So Celtics have three games this week, two on the road, one at home. The first, Monday night, TD Garden versus the, th- versus the Thunder. Jesus, Tim, speak. Uh, versus the Thunder at 730, and then two games on the road, one on Wednesday night versus the Atlanta Hawks, and then the other Friday night versus New Orleans Pelicans. Let's start off with the Thunder game first. Thunder did play yesterday. They dropped 145 points on the New York Knicks, the same New York Knicks team that allowed the Celtics to hit a franchise record, what, 27, 28 three-pointers in a single game. The Thunder shot 62% from the field, and they also recently beat the Raptors and the Mavericks. So this is a, you know, this team may stink. This team may have 297 draft picks moving forward but they do have some young talent that can cause some havoc for sure marcus is going to have a very hard time against his matchup against shea gildress alexander one of the most exciting young players and point guards in the league who's averaging over 30 points a game he has a high usage rating he loves to attack the rim but can also distribute the ball very well the thunder defense is pretty good too currently 14th it's better than the boston celtics they're 21st right now and even though the last four games the celtics defense over last week was fourth best in the nba but again over i'm i'm sorry 10th best in the nba over a four game span which is great but you know one of the big parts for the thunder lou dort uh he's a big Big-time player on the defensive end. He can defend all five positions, cause havoc. But then you also got to keep your eye out on Josh Giddy. That kid can hoop. Tyler Hero type of style player, but I think he's a little bit better. He can score the ball well. He loves attacking the rim. I really like him. And the other great thing about Shea Gildress Alexander, too, he also averages like five, six assists a game. He does get other people involved. Definitely a drive and kick type of point guard. So the Celtics will have to be ready on the fly to, you know, block some contested shots or maybe that ridiculous thing that Luke Cornett does during the games where he's nowhere close to near the three-point shooter, but he just jumps straight in the air. And I'm sure a lot of players are like, what is this guy doing? 
And it works. They they miss shots. And by the way, Luke Cornett was great in the Nuggets game as well. Him and Peyton Pritchard off the off the bench was just great. But then we have the Atlanta Hawks game Wednesday night. I think this is one of the biggest games of the year so far because I think the Atlanta Hawks are really good. Um, the Hawks are currently eight and five this year with a shitload of talent. And for whatever reasons, the Celtics always have a hard time in Atlanta. Um, the Hawks recently beat the 76ers. Joel and Bede tonight. Uh, I, I record on Sunday nights, so that's why I said tonight. Sorry about that. Um, but Joel and Bede dropped 59 points. They beat the Bucs. I don't think Giannis was playing, but even still, they beat the Bucs. They have a solid, solid duo. Not as good as Jalen and Jason, but Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. As we know, they got him from the Spurs over the summer. They're both averaging over 20 points a game. The two of them combined Average assist per game is 17, but Trey Young is averaging a lot of turnovers, so hopefully Marcus or Derek or if Malcolm Brogdon's back can be up, be physical with him, and then hopefully you know he misses some shots because once Trey Young gets going, watch out. But speaking of turnovers, you know that stat about how you know the Celtics are the second, you know have the second least turnovers in the league and all this stuff. You know who's ahead of them in all those categories? That's right, the Atlanta Hawks. See how I bring this all together? A little circle of life for you. That's how. That's what we do here at the Banner Banter Podcast, okay? Um, but, you know, they got Clint Capella. He can cause some havoc on the rebounding side of things. Al Horford will have his hand full. Tatum will have to be more physical than John Collins. John Collins will try and get in Tatum's head. But the way Tatum's playing right now, good luck. Uh, number 12 will have a tough matchup against Okongwu. You know, someone, if you listen to this podcast, uh, was it two summers ago because I think this is Okongwu's second year. I wanted the Celtics to move up to draft Okongwu because who knows what Rob Williams is going to turn into. Who knew you know, his injury history and stuff, but it is what it is. But this is not an easy game. They are very good on the defensive end too. Murray loves to steal the ball. I think he's averaging over two assists per game. He's His hands are always in the passing lanes. He's very fast, easy fast break points off of turnovers for the Atlanta Hawks. This is going to be a tough game for the Celtics, and I think a big one, because that way they can say, you know, we've beaten a majority of the teams in the Eastern Conference already. We've beat some good teams in the Western Conference. It can feel good. And then they've traveled to New Orleans. Love New Orleans. Went down to uh, New Orleans for the Final Four to have Duke break my heart. But lot city's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Pat O'Brien Hurricanes thing of beauty oh the kiss the chef kiss there it's fantastic but anyways final game uh of the week is versus the new orleans pelicans zion williamson brandon ingram a couple duke blue devils cj mccollum a team that can be either very good or very not so good oh no my i just unplugged my headphones i'm back okay i couldn't hear myself talk for a second and if you have a podcast or do voiceover work or are in radio, you know you need to hear yourself when you talk. It's it's very bizarre. So sorry about that. Um, anyways, uh, Valanchunas, also a very good player. Just a monster on the glass for them, averaging over uh, about 10 rebounds, maybe a little bit more per game. But, you know, between him and Zion Williamson, oof. Oh, man. I'm telling you this right now. If number 12 wants to add to his Batman resume, this would be the game to do it. You know, if you can control Zion, Zion Williamson, listen, I'm a big Zion guy. Watching him at Duke for that entire season was special. Thought it was one of the coolest seasons I've ever watched of an NBA player. I mean, an NCAA player in a long time. I've watched the J.J. Redick seasons. I've, I've watched it all. 
but Zion season was special. So I have a very special place in my heart for Zion. But speaking of number 12, two things about him. Number one, the first is he played very well in the Pistons game on Saturday night. He he had to step up as a starter. He's still doing some things I don't like, like flopping and stepping into the Aaron Gordon situation where he flopped or sold the call, whatever you want to call it. I still think it's the same thing, but some other people, you know, it's a fair argument that selling a foul and flopping are different things. To me, it's just all the same. But because he loves attention and because he needs attention like a 15-year-old girl, he tried to cause something that really wasn't needed and was a waste of everyone's time. So obviously I'm a little pissed off about that. But he didn't start off great as a starter versus the Grizzlies on Monday night and against the Pistons on Wednesday night, but grew into the role well. Looks like he will continue to start moving forward. You know, congratulations to him. But I'm also glad he didn't say anything about being Batman because this whole Batman thing came up when they were playing the Nuggets and uh, Joker. So, you know, Joker, Batman, ha, 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 you're so funny, number 12. But... The reason why I was nervous that he was going to call himself Batman, even though Jokic played very well, he got into foul trouble too, so I really can't blame him there, but the voice of Batman, the cartoon voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, passed away the other day, and if he mentioned something about that without mentioning him, I was going to kill him. I really and truly was. But anyways, back to the Pelicans. This is one of those games where I'm going to be pissed if the Celtics don't win. They are better than the Pelicans. Everyone should be back and healthy, ready to go. Malcolm Brogdon should be back. Unless if Malcolm Brogdon isn't back for this Pelicans game, I'm going to be kind of concerned about how tight this hamstring tightness is, if you will. These are the type of games where you lose and say, okay, we're the two seed because of this. But listen, last year, it was so annoying that they let the Pistons get the best of them. And guess what they're doing this year? Jason Tatum's like, nah, bro. I ain't going to deal with that this year. And they've already beat the Pistons twice, which you love to see. They're playing they're playing the games right every single night, and they're beating the teams that they should beat and not taking nights off. You know, eventually later in the season, they will. Tatum's not going to play one night. Jalen's not going to play one night. It's going to happen. But for right now, they got to be in go mode. The offense is in go mode. Joe Missoula's in go mode. Jason Tatum's in go mode. And... Once Rob comes back and this defense settles in, and if this offense can continue the way that it's playing, whew, it's it's very hard to be upset with how this team's playing right now. We'll see, obviously, you know, better competition. Obviously, the Pistons and the Thunder getting wins over them should be a thing, but it's better than what they were doing last year. They were definitely losing some games that they shouldn't have lost. So, uh, but that, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for episode 193 of the Banner Banter podcast. Sorry that I couldn't speak English. I guess it's just been a long week for me and I'm exhausted. But um, I appreciate you listening as always. Don't forget to get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. You can always follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at the Banner Banter podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all your favorite podcast apps. I'm there. We will talk next Monday. Uh, What will that be? November 21st, right before Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year, uh, minus opening night. I, I, I fully believe Celtics opening night should be a holiday. That's just me personally. But anyways, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Have a great week. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.